Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the famous rafters of the Forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. What a legendary call by the legendary Bob Cole back in 1993 and the way the Montreal Canadiens have played over the past couple of nights in consecutive 3-2 losses versus the Flyers in Philadelphia and last night versus the Sharks in Montreal. It's going to take a while before the Montreal Canadiens win their next Stanley Cup, that's for sure. It is Friday, January 12th. I'm Marinaro, as you can see by this white wall behind me that probably looks like it's cream color because the lighting is a little bit off and the camera's a little bit off and the Wi-Fi is a little bit blurry and all that stuff. I am still in Portugal, but I will be back in Montreal on the weekend and on Monday night, when you're going to see me again on the Sick Podcast, I can guarantee you that I will be at the home of the Sick Podcast in Montreal, precisely in beautiful, beautiful Villa Sal mountainside, though, however, not beachside. It is the Sick Podcast. And welcome. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part right now by four partners, four sponsors, four people that we absolutely love a lot Energy Transportation Group, Playground, La Beta TV, and Accent Insurance Solutions. So let's start off where we have to. 
Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different. And once again, brought to you in part by LaBit, the TV brewed in Quebec, winner of a dozen international awards. LaBit, the TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. LaBit, the TV, embrace your true nature. WPT Global returns to playground for the winter classic over one million dollars in guaranteed prize pools including a five hundred thousand dollar guaranteed main event playgrounds wpt global winter class poker series from january 22nd to february 4th visit playground.ca for details and once again accent insurance solutions write down this number accent insurance doesn't sell insurance they shop insurance for you to find the right product right on the money. Whatever your insurance needs, home, automobile, or business, call the Accent team today at 514-363-3636. 363 is actually like a LaSalle number, to tell you the truth. But anyway, it's their business number, 514-363-3636, like my buddy, Sergio Gomez. So I hope everyone's doing well. All right, okay. Uh, you know, when things are going bad, the first person I think of is Usarpente because he just likes to add fuel to the fire and tell you just how bad he thinks everyone is. More bad than even you think they are. And he just keeps on throwing fuel to the fire. Without further ado, they call him the snake. I call him Usarpente. Simon Boisvert, guarda do. Hi, Tony. Uh, what, what are you wearing? A retro jersey or what? What's the story? Retro, it a, reverse California. Retro. It's a California Golden Seals. That. What's the story here? Yeah, yeah. That the the Sharks use those colors, and last year uh, for their reverse retro, and uh, I, I wish they were uh, wearing it a little bit more. But I I still love their their present uniform also. Yeah. Uh, remind us all. Quinton Musty got drafted by which team exactly? The San Jose Sharks. That's uh, so. The second they drafted him, wh wh where was it? Twenty sixth, twenty seventh. Where was it again? Yeah, twenty sixth. I think. Yeah. Okay. So the second they drafted him, you went out and you got the retro jersey, and guaranteed in the back you have the name Quentin Musty. No, no name. No name I've always right. loved uh, Sharks uh, merchandise. Oh, really? Eh. Yeah. You know which Ever one was one of my favorites? I like the powder blue jerseys. I like the one the Atlanta Thrashers had, and I, I love the one. I love the one the Pittsburgh Penguins had. Oh yeah, back in the seventies. Yeah, with but, uh, uh, Pierre Larouche, uh, Jean Prenovo, and all these guys. Yeah. Pierre Larouche, former fifty goal scorer. Hey, you know I've been asked often already today. Uh, a couple of buddies reached out to me, text messages. I had a, a, a radio hit on BPM Spar and a TV hit on TVS Spar. And I've been asked, you know, what do you think of the Canadians losing to the San Jose Sharks, a team that is the worst team in the National Hockey League, had lost 12 straight. Uh, they look like an American Hockey League team when they played the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple of nights ago when the Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 3-2. to two. How do you feel about it? And I said, it doesn't change anything for me. It's the National Hockey League. Any team can beat any team. And I, I, I know that a lot of people that love to give predictions for, you know, and, and odds makers and, uh, and, 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 and once again, people giving predictions and, and this and that for, for the different sports books, they'll tell you that this team is going to win. This team is going to win. 
Hockey is the hardest sport to predict. 82 games, any team could beat any team. The Montreal Canadiens went into Dallas. Nobody gave them a chance. They won the game by a score of 4-3. to three. You come back, all of a sudden, you think they're on a high. They're competitive with the Buffalo Sabres for two periods. In the third period, Buffalo obliterates them. The floodgates open up. They end up giving up six pairs, and they lose the game. A couple of nights after that, you say the way they played the third period against Buffalo, they're going to get destroyed by the New York Rangers, one of the best teams in the league, and they end up beating the New York Rangers. And then they go to Philadelphia, and they end up, you know, getting outshot three times more, five posts here or there. They end up losing a game in a shootout with a little bit of luck. You could actually end up winning a game in a shootout. And then the next night you say, okay, you know what? They laid an egg in Philadelphia. They're going to bounce back. They're going to beat San Jose. And they lay another egg and they lose again. <laughs> For me, it doesn't. The Canadians are a rebuilding team, a very average team at nights below average. These are growing pains. They're going to struggle with consistency. Some nights they're going to end up winning games you didn't think they were going to win. Some nights you end up they end up losing games you probably thought they would have won. It is what it is. How do you feel about it? Well, you just took the words out of my mouth. Uh, that, that I, I, that, I, I totally agree with your analysis. Now we have a problem. The fact that now that you agree with my analysis almost sends the message that I see hockey and I think hockey the way you do. And I don't want that because you are... Why not? Because you're Usar Pent. What do you want me to talk? Hey, by the way, uh, your thoughts on Logan Mayu going to the All-Star game? <laughs> Look, just, who cares about the American Hockey League All-Star game? Uh, who cares? That's right. Uh, they could have sent Josh to Ottawa. I guess they wanted the defenseman. I mean, yeah. who cares about this game, really? Yeah, who but if he wouldn't have been sent and he wouldn't have got named to the All-Star, then you would have said he didn't get named, not because he no, got named. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't even bothered whether he was named or not, really. So you, for you, for I you. Like the, I, I watched a body of work, Tony. A body, so for you, a player in his rookie season in the American Hockey League, he gets named to the All-Star team. For you, it's, it doesn't mean that. No cold and no fred. Not, no, no hot and no cold. It, it makes no, no difference to your life. You need one player per team. They also have, like, positions. You need a certain number of defensemen, certain number of wingers. You know, yes. it's like the same in baseball. You know, with It's the important to change positions. Very important. Yeah. Look, yeah. I, 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 have, I don't have any comments about this. About what? Well, Mayu going to the All-Star game. Yep, no, because not to go in It's not worth it for you, right? Because it goes against everything you said. No, he even said he's going to be a career AHLer, and if he Tony, makes it to the National Hockey even League, if he said, was he's going to be worst. no better than a number six 10 minutes a game. Don't get me upset now, Snake. I yeah, can go back and show the tape of what you game. said. Number six 10 minutes a game. What can I say? But do you understand that there's 23 players on his team, and the guy who got named is him? Okay, Tony. I mean... <laughs> Who else would you have named for the, the Laval Rocket? They have plenty no, of forwards, so that's why they didn't take uh, Roy. Brandon Gignac is probably their best player, but he's a little bit too old, I guess. Who knows okay. what the selection process is? Maybe they want to showcase uh, younger players. Look, I don't really know, and I don't really care about the American Hockey League game, All-Star game. Whether it's prospects from that I like, you know, from that team or, or, or that team, I don't look at the rosters. I don't watch the game. I don't give a crap. You don't watch the All Star Game, that is. No, I, I don't want. I don't want. I don't watch All Star Games. Yeah, no, I don't like watching All Star Games either. I, I, I like, like watching, watching players it, 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 within, you know, the the their what I call natural habitat. You know, league games, uh, playoffs, 
This yeah. is what I care about. Tournaments, all-star games, uh, you know, no. Seems like a pretty popular player when he found, you know, when he found out that he's going to the all-star game. We saw the video, of course, and his teammate seems like a pretty likable player on the team. Okay, well, good for him. Good for him. I have nothing against the guy. I'm just telling you he's a number six. I know you know. He's number six defenseman. You know, I analyze player. You want to take uh, Columbus's uh, prospect roster? I I can give you similar analysis about other prospects. But, you know, you always focus on the fact that, you know, I don't like this prospect from the Habs or that prospect from the Habs. And then you're like, oh, he's a Habs prospects hater. No, I'm not. Okay. All right, no, I just wanted to bring it up that he's going to the All-Star game. That's you know it. you know one prospect I like for the Habs? I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Lane, but so Lane Hudson far, played a pretty good game the other night for BU. Uh, look, I'm going there on, on, on Saturday. We'll talk about it. But you know what prospect I like for the Habs? And I don't know what's going to happen with him because he probably has a long way to go. But I like defenseman Adam Engstrom from Sweden. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I just knew you were going to say that. I don't know why. I should have said it before you even said it. Why do you say that I'm, I was going to say that? No, just because, uh, you know. Because he has talent? You know, I, I just figured you were going to go with Engstrom. Why? Because he has talent? I, I When I saw him, I liked him. Yeah. I liked him. I, for me, process. I... I, I, I yeah, I see a player... Better than Norlander, who I, I thought would never make the NHL. I said it a million times, but of course... Is anyone apologizing for insulting me and my family when I said that? They insulted your family. Well, you know, some people use words. Uh, you took yourself off Twitter, right? You used to be on Twitter. I was on. I, I, I left Twitter four years ago. It had nothing to do with insults or anything because I can take it. It was just very time consuming, and you know, I, I have a job and. Uh, I have things to do, and uh, I had to cut down on certain things. And I said, okay, I'll cut down on Twitter. I mean, it was, uh, I don't know, unless you just post and you never reply to people, but it's not my style. So when people ask me questions, I try to reply to most of them. And at some yeah. point, it became a full-time job. That's all. Now, you were um, you were in the stands last night for that 3-2 loss versus San Jose. Yeah, center ice. Perfect. Tell me what you saw. Let's go. Tell saw. me what you saw. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll start very briefly with the Sharks. I think there will be no more than one or two players from that roster who will be on the team if they ever get good. Okay, that's my take on the Sharks. So it was sort of like they're they're just putting a roster on the ice, and I think they're just hoping for better days. They're they're they're, they're in a full rebuild. They're like the Chicago Blackhawks, basically. Correct. For the Habs. I watched the Caulfield-Suzuki-Slavkovsky line very closely because it's the number one line on the Habs. And I and, and you remember I, I said on your show, I said on the radio, I said many times, Suzuki and Caulfield to me are not first uh, liners on a championship team. I've said you it a million that, times. Yes, yes I get that. thrown a lot of uh, crap at me before saying that. So There's yes, a lot so of I, analytics in the last couple of days to support Suzuki's case to make him an elite centerman. In the National Hockey League. Look, I, I, I like the I know eye he test. didn't look like it last night. Uh, okay, body of work, eye test, this is what I use. What I see in general when I study the players, I see I see a, a, a good number to center with Suzuki, can make some nice defensive plays especially, generates a, a, some offense, but not to an elite level in my book. I would say the same about Thomas Hurdle. 
the number one center for the Sharks. To me, mm -hmm. he's a number two. He's a number one because, you know, it's the Sharks. So, um, Caulfield, I think Caulfield is he, a dangerous guy when the Habs are really, really established in the opponent's zone. And he can make like two or three very um, dangerous plays per game, you know, in terms of like um, uh, scoring chances. But the problem is, outside of that situation, he, he's borderline liability for the Habs. Hold on a second. What kind of stupidity is this that you just said? You said that he's dangerous when he's in the offensive zone. Was he supposed to be dangerous when he's in the defensive zone? No. What I mean, dangerous in a positive way in the in the offensive zone. Okay. Yeah. So this is what we yeah. know about Nick Suzuki. Are you ready? Nick Suzuki. No, I'm, talking is 13... I'm talking about. Cole oh, Caulfield. Cole Caulfield. Pardon me. I understand. Yeah, I had finished with Suzuki. Caulfield, I find outside of when the Canadians are established in the opponent's zone, uh, when he can generate chances, you know, two, I think two good scoring chances last night, which, which is fine. But outside of that, he's a liability, honestly. He, 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 he's small, he, he's not great in his own zone. Okay, but he, he's uh, small. He I mean, he's, around. he's, he's I mean, small. But we keep on saying he's small, but he's not yeah, going to get it's bigger. True. I mean, it's true, it hurts his play. He gets pushed around. And people just shift around him. You know, uh, look, Caulfield to me, like I said, he, he's, a, he, he's a goal scorer. He's a one-timer guy. Uh, he's not a first-liner on a championship team. That's all I'm saying. Theron Fleury was small, too. Who? Theron Fleury was small. Yeah, he was much better than Cole Caulfield. I much, much that. more no, talented. No, no, I, I understand that, but I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying, Marty Saint Louis was small too. I'm just saying, and yeah, yes, he was a he tough was guy. Marty Saint Louis was a very tough guy. Kolkov yeah. is, is just easy to push around. What, what can I tell you? It's yeah, just yeah. What I, mean, see. I no, no, but I mean, if if you're small, it doesn't take away. Yeah, because yes, you're easier to push around. But when you talk about shifty, you're very shifty when you're small. You don't usually get hit all that often when you're small. You can dangle usually when you're small. Uh, you know, yeah, but Caulfield doesn't dangle really. So this is my this is my beef with Caulfield. My okay. beef with Caulfield is right now, he's just a perimeter player. He doesn't go to the traffic areas as much as he should, and I understand that when you go there, you might end up with an elbow in the face. You might end up with a stick to the chin. You might end up with a bloody lip. It pays to go to those areas. That's why not everyone wants to go there. Max Pacioretty was a great goal scorer. He scored 39, 37, 35, 33, 30, whatever it is. He was perimeter player. He would have been a guy that would have gone to those areas. He would have been in the 40s. He would have been a much more effective player. He still was a very effective player by scoring the goals that he scored. The problem I have is I find Caulfield's a perimeter player this year. I find that he does get knocked off the puck. I will agree with you for once. I find that um, he's not very interested when he doesn't have the puck. He's lacking consistency. And his shot, the fact that he can wire that shot, I don't see him wiring it with as much consistency as he has in the past. And I find that he's forcing a lot of shots from some bad angles, and because of it, his shooting percentage, you'll see, is low. So there's some things I'm going to give you on Caulfield, but it's easy to support your point right now that he's not a first-line player because he's on pace for 22 goals this season. But when his shot is primed and he's wiring it and he's scoring, 
and he's on pace to score 46 the way he was on pace to score that last year if you worked out the law of averages, then he's a first-liner. But right now, you're right. It's hard to say that he's a first-liner playing the way he's playing. Mm -hmm. But you said Nick Suzuki is not a number one centerman. I will say this. Okay, he's going to average 65 points or whatever it is, and you probably wouldn't give that to a number one centerman. But Dom Lecician over the last couple of days came out with a formula and came out with, I think you got to play over 16 minutes per game. you got to play against above-average competition. You have to be on the penalty kill for at least 15% of your team in that situation. And he had Suzuki, based on his formula and his advanced stats, he had him in the lead for the Selkie. There's another, there's another other stats that I saw, courtesy of Sports Logic, I believe, that Suzuki up until last night's game was in the top 13 or 14 in the National Hockey League for um, time in the offensive zone. And, you know, guys that spend a lot of time in the offensive zone are usually guys that have a real good relationship with the puck, are usually guys that protect the puck really well. I mean... Suzuki's probably not going to get 82 points this year or next year, but those two stats that I just talked to you about, that's elite. Now, do you still believe that the Habs can win the cup with Suzuki as their number one center? Who was their number one center when they won the cup in 93? Was it Vincent Afus? Danfus played center and he played wing. Muller played center and he played wing. Yeah. Stefan LeBeau played center. Now, you don't think that, um, you know, as good as Don Fuss was, we're talking about a guy who scored 40 and 39 for the Canadians, and as good as Muller was and as good as LeBeau was, I believe that that cup win, and we know it was Patrick Waugh who stood on his head. And David, and David Volek. David Volek eliminating the Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah. game seven overtime. But yeah. I believe that that center ice position was a position by committee. They won the cup. Okay, so if it's cup. by committee, then Suzuki is is not necessarily a number one center if you need to do it by committee. To was was, was Donfuss a number one centerman? I think for a while he was, but not uh, not a uh, not a high tier number one centerman. But I think he was a number one centerman in the NHL. Well, he got goals in the forties and he got points in the nineties. He, he also became a number one centerman in San Jose after he was traded by Dejanoui. So, yeah. uh, no, I do think lower tier, not, you know, uh, Lemieux, uh, Malkin, uh, Crosby caliber, but I think it was a lower tier number one centerman. Look, you... And Lewis Canadians, won, hold on a second. The, let's say the Canadians win the lottery. They get Macklin Celebrini. Okay, within a couple of years. Suzuki's number two, obviously. Without a doubt. I agree with you. Yes. Yeah, 100%. well, that's what I mean. And then the Canadians become a much better team with Nick, Nick Suzuki as... Number two. That's all I'm saying. Did St. Louis win the cup with Ryan? Did St. Louis win the cup with Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, and uh, and um, who's the other guy they had at center? Look, you, we can go through a million examples that you're gonna cherry pick. You know this team and that team, and they won the cup without the centerman. Look, the basic thing is the basic thing is if you want Suzuki to be your number one, let's say you have to have a much better team around him than they have right now there's not much talent on the ice tony you think doc could be the number one drafted third overall yeah i know i know uh let's wait and see next year let's wait and see okay i, I, I like him i like him let's wait and see 
Yeah. And was it too? Let's wait yeah. and see. He has the profile of a number one centerman, this guy. But can he produce enough? That I'm not sure. So what's the profile? Big, strong, the long reach. Yeah, and a point producer and someone who makes players around him better also. Well, he's never produced at a level of uh, Suzuki. Never. Not in the National Hockey League and not in yeah. uh, and not in junior hockey. No. But look. So why does he have the profile? Because he's, he's three inches taller. Look, I'm just seeing as the profile doesn't mean he's going to do it. Does Braden Point have the profile? No. The number one setter? But he is. Yeah. Well, yeah, he produces. Well, he produces. I understand he produces. Yeah. He also plays with Stamkos and Kucherov. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't for Columbus, Ashkoberto Lamelega. Yeah, I would put you with Stamkos and Kucherov. He'll produce too. Look, we can talk about this till midnight, okay? The basic point is the Habs are like, what, 25th right now? I'm not talking about it until midnight because midnight for you is midnight for you. Midnight for me is five o'clock in the okay, morning. Well, whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So what did you see? You so you saw last yeah, night I, sitting I in your seats. Also, I always like okay. Slavkovsky ever since he was like 16 years old. Uh, the, the my only he's really getting better. He, he has a very very strong presence on the ice, which is very important. Takes up a lot of space. He's very, very good at chasing pucks and retrieving pucks from, you know, in the corner. And, and that's very important. Now, mm. my only look, he's 19 years old, so there's not much judgment we can pass now. But I'm just wondering how much of a point producer he can be. It's just a question mark. It's not a criticism. Yeah, it's but yeah, hold on a second, though. We're doing this podcast on the night after they laid an egg. Suzuki Caulfield and Slavkovsky were probably at their worst versus the worst team in the National Hockey League. So tonight you say, ah, you know what? I don't know how many points he can produce. No, no, I would have told you this uh, uh, last week or, or or I'll say the same thing next week. I'm just studying the player. I, I study it from a scout size. I don't study it from, okay, this is a bad game. The Canadians are... How, much uh, you th how many points do you think is the most Slavkovsky in an ideal world? The most Slavkovsky can put up in a season. How many? Oh my God, this this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I, I'm just right now. I'm just wondering. That's all. Is he a 50 point guy or is he a 75 point guy? I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you something. What do you think? I'll give you something. What I'll give you is is if I had to bet, and this is going to come back to haunt me probably. If I had to bet in Slavkovsky's career. If he's going to be a point per game player or not, I will say no. Then again, they win the lottery, ends up playing with Macklin Celebrini, and then all of a sudden he ends up being a benefactor, yeah, like, Rantanen, like Rantanen is playing with yeah, Nathan McKinnon. It's exactly, the same thing. I mean, exactly. you know, like so. It's hard. Think, it's hard to tell. Is he a better goal scorer or a playmaker? I think he's a better playmaker. He doesn't shoot as often as he should. Exactly. But I like him, and he's really progressing this year. He's really progressing. Okay. It's very important. You know, you win with players like this. Strong presence on the ice. This is what I, I, I noticed about Doc. Herbie Doc, same thing. They have a strong presence on, on the ice. I, I, I get it. You only, you only like big players. You don't like small players. Okay, I get it. No, no. I, I, one or two per team, small and very skilled. I'm cool with it. But the rest of the team, I want big skill guys. I'll admit, I think we all do. We all do. 
I, I think the Canadians have too many small players. I think there's a place for small players. I think small players get you to the dance. I think bigger players, you know, end up winning you the Stanley Cup. Look at Vegas. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think the Canadian small players, I think they have too many. Suzuki, Caulfield, and don't tell me Suzuki's thick and this and that. He's 5'11". Yeah, okay. Suzuki, Caulfield, Gallagher. Newhook. Harvey Pinard. Newhook. It's a lot of small players. Yeah, too many. You need more Docs. You need more Slavkovskis in my book. So do you think that the next time they're going to draft, let's say they're in a position to draft five or six, they're going to draft by need? I don't know what they're going to do, but one thing more is so I, would draft, I would draft Trevor Connolly at five or six. Okay, you heard it, you heard it here first. Trevor Connolly right now is number two on my list behind Celebrini. Whoa. Yeah. All the lists that I'm seeing, they're saying that it's a it's a it's a D heavy draft. Yeah, it's a D heavy draft. Most guys chosen the top 10 will be D's. I don't know if there's any superstar, you know, a la Makar or uh, or uh, Dalin, but I think there are some very, very good defensemen. And uh yeah, but to me it, to me it's after Celebrini, I think there's a big drop in terms of forwards. Uh, but uh, to me, uh, Trevor Conley is my clear number two right now as we speak. So we reached the uh, midway point of the season for the Canadians, the 41 game mark. Let's bring up their list of uh, their top eight or nine forwards in terms of points. We have different lists, lists to bring up and then, uh, okay. Uh, midway point of the season, Suzuki, 34 points, leading the way and leading the way with 12 goals. Caulfield and Monaghan are next with 11 goals. 28 points for Caulfield, 24 points for Monaghan. Slavkowski is there, four goals, 11 assists, 15 points. Brendan Gallagher, 7-7-14. Newhook, 6-7-13 in only 23 games, uh, which is not bad, actually. Uh, Anderson, 7-5-12 and 12 in 41. Jake Evans, 2-10-12 and 12 in 41. Tanner Pearson has played 27 games, 4-4-8. We're going to keep the stats sheet, courtesy of NHL.com, by the way. I got it from there. We're going to keep it up. What's the uh, the first stat that just sticks out to you? Oh, uh, I think, uh, well, probably the lack of goals by Cole Caulfield. That sticks out a lot. I mean, he's on pace yeah. for 22 goals. But his shooting percentage is a bit low, like you were saying. So you and I think, he's gonna, I think he's going to score more than 22, by the way. I'm going to go yeah, on a lane here. I, the law of averages, and and probably next year he might bounce back because shooting percentages at some point, it, it's very important. I'm going to go to the limb, and I'm going to say he's going to score 30. You you think he's going to score 30? I don't know. I don't know. But I see more. The over-under to me, uh, yeah, I, I think the over for 22, yes. Okay. The other thing that sticks out, Jake Evans has been playing 19 to 20 minutes a game for the last three or four weeks. He's plus four. Yeah, but it, it, it goes to show you how weak the Canadians are up front because of injuries and lack of yep. talent. Yeah. Because Evans, to me, it's just a, he's a very, very inter interchangeable player. I mean, he, to me, he's just a jersey filler 
And I, I don't say it with any form of disrespect because he's yeah. an NHLer. He makes a good living out of it. Uh, good for him. But we're, we're judging NHL players here. You know, we're not judging him vis-a-vis -vis the guys playing at the, the, the rink outside. The other stat that sticks out is that uh, Nick Suzuki is on pace for 68 points in the season. So if we're like to get him to 80 points, he's still quite a bit off. And that Brendan Gallagher, minus 19, that really sticks out like a sore thumb, eh? Yeah, he has a very hard time following the pace. I mean, he tries very hard. He tries very hard, but I think he he's... Boy, he's an old, uh, what, 31? He's an old 31, this guy. 30, he's 31 going on 35. All right, okay, let's bring up the uh, oh, second going half. On, of going the, on 38, 39, really, yeah. Let's go on the second half of the players and their points. Let's see if we can bring up here. Uh, are we already at Pearson before? My bad, but Pezzetta, Yolonen, Dvorak, Armia, Harvey Pinard, Mitchell Stevens, Kirby Dock, of course, only played uh, four periods, and Emil Einemann. Is there anything that you... Uh, you take out of this uh, stat sheet here? Well, that outside of Doc, uh, I, I, I just see guys who will not be on the Canadians roster in, within, I don't know, two, three years max. RV Pinard, not a very good start this season before going yeah. down with the injury. And Yul Armia, consistent with what he's been his entire career. He scores a goal every four-point-something games. All right, okay, let's bring up the defense now. Matheson, 29 points. Yeah. Barron, 12. Gouli, 11. Savart, 10. Kovacevic, 7. Somebody said to me the other day, Tony, you pronounce his name incorrectly. No, I don't. I pronounce his name correctly. Everyone who pronounces his name Kovacevic is actually pronouncing it incorrectly. Kovacevic is the right pronunciation. Thank you very much. Um, Harris, 5. Lindstrom, who's gone now, 4. Uh, Struble, 4. And Jack I three, uh, a plus six for uh, Jonathan Kovacevic, who's only he and Arbor Jack I uh, in the pluses. Struble and Lindstrom were even, and the rest are minuses. What number stands out for you? Well, twenty nine points by Madison is uh, pretty good. If he if he scores fifty eight, I guess it's a career high for a twenty second for a twenty second ranked power play. You're right; it's good. Yeah, and he's but he's never been a number one defenseman before. I think he's a little bit an, uh, he's number one by default with the Habs. But uh, I, I hear a lot of criticism, you know, because he's he's a high um, high event player. Let's call it high risk. Yeah, high risk, high event. You know, lots of things yeah, happening, yeah. good and bad. But you know mm -hmm. what? At least he shows something. He carries the puck. He 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 gets the puck out of the zone. You know what? Not afraid like to make a mistake. Pardon me. He's not afraid to make a mistake. He's not afraid to make a mistake. And I, I take a Madison over a stay-at-home guy who barely who barely doesn't make any you know doesn't make any mistakes, but doesn't create anything. So I think Madison to me, uh, I would say this year, in my opinion, he's probably he's probably been the Habs best player. That's a good one. All right. You know what that sticks out to me? And I like Baron too, by the way. Another one who, you know, creates something. I like those two guys. They all they they've all scored goals. Look, they all have goals. Yeah. Their defense is jumping into the play this year. They have goals. Yeah. Um, you told me on several occasions you're not the president of the Caden Primo fan club. No. Nope. You think goalies like him, there's a dime a dozen. You don't think he's gonna amount to anything. You would have put him on waivers a long time ago if need be. You would trade him, get rid of him for nothing, this, that, whatever. 
yeah, yeah. Did the last game in Philly uh, somewhat change your opinion at all, or no? No, because he still gives up. He has a hard time uh, handling rebounds, and okay. this is a recipe for disaster again in the long run. Not just a game here and there. We're talking mm. the long run. Mm. I, I don't think he's improved his technique very much. So uh, some nights he's going to have some very bad games, yeah. more than the average goalie. And that's it. That's how I feel about Primo. I don't think he's the goalie of the future. Okay. I don't. I don't even see him as a. a you know. Um, you like Montembeau? He, he, look, he, he's solid. He's solid. solid. Okay. What, what, here and there, he'll give up. You know the. No, no, but he's played well this uh, season, Montembeau. Yeah, yeah. I think he's solid. I could tell that that's he was very confident. I observed him last night, and yeah, and he's very, very confident in front of his net. Uh, yeah. maybe there's one goal that he would have liked to get back, but yeah. uh, overall, I mean, he's not out of position, he, no. he, he's ready to face the shots, he's gained a lot of confidence in the last year or so. I think yeah. Montambo, uh, he's fine right now as the Habs number one goalie. Okay, let's uh, bring up the now, stats for the goalies if we can. Let's bring up the stats for the goalies. Do we have the stats for the goalies? Yes or no? Do we have them? Um, we don't have them. Hold on a second. Let me see here. Let me see what I can do. I can probably get them here. Let's see. I'm uh, there's only here. three guys, so. Yeah, I'll get them for you right now. Hold on a yeah. second. Okay. So we'll get them in uh, in about 30 seconds time, okay? Uh, Jake Allen tomorrow night versus the Edmonton Oilers or what? Showcase here or what? Showcase? Who knows? Uh, I think they wanted to have Montembeau, uh for uh, the home game. And that's why they played him yesterday with the hopes that, you know, they would beat the Sharks, although it was not his fault. Uh, but why didn't they put I, I in your opinion? Why didn't they put Montembeau versus the better team in uh, Edmonton? And they're giving Allen Edmonton. That's a good Montembeau question. Got San Jose. That's a good question. Maybe, maybe just to sort of like increase their chances to the max that they could beat a weaker opponent. Sometimes that's what teams do. Or maybe they're showcasing Allen in front of the Edmonton Oilers. Mm, could be, could be, but uh, that's a risk also because what if the Oilers scores, uh, if the Oilers score five, six on him? Okay, do we have the stats? I set them over. If not, let me just know when we have them for the goalies and bring them up. Let's just see. Uh, we should probably have them any second now. Here we go. Okay, so look. Montembeau, who for you has been amazing, fantastic. Well, I, I'm one. not saying amazing, fantastic. I'm just saying based on his salary, based yeah, yeah, on yeah. expectations, based yeah, on the Habs team, I think he, I, I think he's solid. You said he's solid. He's doing the job, and you said that Caden Primo is basically no good. You would trade him. He's not the goal yeah. of the future for the yeah, Canadians. Because I, Tony, I evaluate players not yeah. based on a performance like one day or one week or whatever. I, I study how they play, and I try to make a prediction. About okay, well, that. hold on a second. It's not one day or one week. Primo's played nine games, yeah, and his save percentage at nine oh five is just yeah. behind Montembeau's at nine oh seven, and his save percentage is ahead of Allen's nine hundred. So okay. it seems to me, and and this you're saying with a guy who gives up a lot of rebounds, his glove yeah. isn't all that great. He's shaky. His technique is off. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine when it's going to be on. Why would you want to get rid of a guy who is still very young in his NHL career, is the youngest of the three goalies, 
makes the least money. You're in a rebuild. He's so off, as you put it. But yet, his goals against average is the second best in the team. His save percentage is the second best in the team. And it's point zero two or point zero three from being the best. Tony, why do you want him to be good so badly? Why do you want him to fail so badly? I don't want him to fail. I'm just I, I just analyze him the way I'd analyze, you know, 500 players in the NHL. You 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 guys are all like sensitive when I talk about Habs players. And, 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 and I'm not going to start him for them. But let, let's let's go through the the Columbus Jackets roster. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you a question. You ready? Yeah. Is it impossible that Caden? And by the way, we all agree that Sam Montembeau is the number one goalie in the Montreal Canadiens right now. And based on the eye test, it's not even close. Yeah. Having said that, is it possible that Caden Primo reaches Montembeau's level, or maybe even better? Is it possible? Look. Hard to predict goalies, so you can never say impossible. But since I have strong takes on players, and mm -hmm. you know, when you're a scout, you're being asked yes or no, you're not being asked maybe. Mm -hmm. My answer is no. Did you think that Montembeau was going to be who he is two years ago? I had no clue. You, you could say that again. I had no clue. I'm not saying yes, mm -hmm. I'm not saying no, I had no clue. But Caden Primo, I've been following a lot. And although goalies are hard to predict, I mm. do not see uh I do not see a number one goalie, and I do not see a number two goalie either. You you know, a guy who will play like 30, 35 games a year, like teams do normally right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The number two goalie plays 30 games. I don't see it. This is a very small sample we're having here. Yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah. Your opinions, uh, they come from who? From the Fils de la Langue Française or what? What's the story here? You work for them part-time or what? What are you talking about? Nothing. Let me ask you this now. We're going to end with this. Midway point of the season, okay? You ready? Yeah. Don't get flustered, eh? Hey, I love that oh. retro jersey. It's fantastic. It looks good on you. <laughs> um, 41 game mark. I'm going to show you two columns, all right? Okay. Two columns of standings. One of which is where the Canadians are right now in the wild card race okay in the east put back on the glasses because i'm losing my eyesight where the canadians are in the wild card race in the east okay okay that is not the wild card race in the east thank you yeah must be on yellow at master control mm -hmm. this is the wild card race in the east the flyers have 48 points they're the first wild card spot the Lightning have 47 points. Mind you, they play two games more than the Flyers. The Devils at 45. The Penguins at 45. The Red Wings at 45. The Capitals at 44. The Canadians at 40. So the Montreal Canadiens are seven points off a wild card spot. But keep in mind that they got two games in hand on the Lightning. But at the same time, they're five points behind the Devils. And the Devils have two games in hand on the Canadiens. Mm. Or here's another standings now where the Canadians are from the bottom of the league. San Jose with 23 points, Chicago with 26, Ottawa with 28, the Ducks with 29, the Blue Jackets with 35, the Wild with 38, the Sabres and the Canadians with 40 points. My question to you are the Canadians closer to a wild card 
or closer to fifth last in the league? And in the end, where will they finish? I'm tempted to say neither. Certainly not a wild card spot because you have five teams to to, to catch up to. To jump over. And, and they play against each other, those teams, really and there are three-point yeah. games. So it's kind of an artificial... Uh, it, the standings are very artificial in the NHL with that loser point in the... Uh, you know, in overtime. Now, as for the the fifth, um, the, the only way you can climb up is by having like eight, nine wins in a row. You know, like Edmonton has been doing two sequences. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and they're barely holding on, you know, to the wildcard yeah. spot. And they had two big sequences, which I don't think the Habs can have. Mm. And in order to fall, you also need to have a very long losing sequence mm-hmm. in order to fall. And I don't think the Habs are bad enough to have a long losing sequence. Look, they went, they went to be Dallas. I know they lost against the Sharks, but they went to be Dallas. So this is the kind of team you really summarized it well at the beginning. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to be in for a 7-8 uh, uh, losing streak unless they're totally struck by uh, injuries. So, look, I think right now we might be looking at perhaps, depending on the trades that they make in March, I don't know, seven pick, eight pick overall. But again, it doesn't matter because five, six, eight, ten, Trevor Conley will be available. And Trevor Conley should be their pick. Tell if everybody they, what you like about this guy. Trevor Conley, Tony, if they pick Trevor Conley, I buy a season ticket. And you'll yeah. buy a season ticket. Yeah, if they draft Trevor Conley. You so heard it. You like, so what do you like about him? Skates like the wind. Uh Hands of gold, uh, moves that you rarely see. I mean, shifting around players. I mean, the guy's absolutely incredible. The only thing right now, I think he's only about 160 pounds, but he's six foot one. So at six foot one, he can fill up, get to 180. But right now, obviously, the guy needs most certainly two years in college before he's ready, maybe, maybe a third year. I don't know. But he needs at least two years. So he's not NHL ready uh, right now by any chance because of that. Because I, I feel that he's a little bit weak. But he's a tall guy. And uh, I, I tell you, he's, uh, this guy is uh, he's a human highlight reel. Number 16 with the Tri-City Storm of the USHL. Uh, he's a California boy whose youth team was the Anaheim Junior Ducks. Yeah. Gretzky. A Gretzky kid. What do you mean a Gretzky kid? Well, when when Gretzky was traded to Los Angeles, we all knew that at some point, 10, 20, 30 years. California was not producing hockey players. Yeah, that look, Austin Matthews in Arizona. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I see uh, see Conley very, very high. Look, uh, Central Scouting released their, uh, their standings today. I think it's yeah. kind of ridiculous that they have a European list and a, and a North American list. They should they should uh, blend uh, the letters, you know, uh, the, yeah. not the letters, but the, the standings. Uh, but Conley is fifth on the North American list. I was a little bit Thank surprised. You so- Thank you so much for doing this. And once again, who's the only person in the world who calls you Userpent? Trevor Conley. He calls you Userpent? Yeah. Well, you know, you guys, you guys have each other's number or what? Well, you know. So you like this guy more than you like Quentin Musty? Yeah. 
Yeah, you like him a lot. And more. I like Weston Westy. He's, he's number two on your list, by the way, in Sudbury. He's number two on your list, Trevor Connolly. Yeah, behind, behind Mac and Celebrini. Yeah, you're yeah, gonna go watch him play. What? You're gonna go watch him play? Well, I, I've watched him a lot. I, I watch all of his shifts every game. I mean, it's it's absolutely delightful. Delightful. Yeah. Now you got me excited. Now I'm gonna start getting the software. I'm gonna start watching all of his shifts too. Oh yeah, all right, my man. Okay, so you're but going to me. watch. Uh, you're going to watch Macklin Celebrini and Lane Hudson uh, next next, uh, week. next weekend in uh, Vermont. Yeah, Friday and Saturday. Yep. All right, so I'll get you on uh, early the week after that. Yeah, to tell me so you could tell me your thoughts. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm also gonna have. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, we're also gonna start on BPM Spa. Uh, Mathias Brunet and I are starting a podcast very soon. Oh, is that right, eh? Mm-hmm. You and Matthias Brunet. Yeah, on BPM. We're going to have our uh, our uh, podcast very, very what soon. It, what, what does that mean? Am I still going to be able to use you on the sick podcast or no? Of course. Of course. So all I have right, my okay. French podcast and the English podcast with you. That's perfect. Oh, all right. Okay, that's yeah. fantastic. That's the thank you very much. Bilingual. Yeah. Uh, yes, thank you very much for that. I really appreciate it. And good luck with your podcast with Matthias Brunet. <laughs> Salut, Tony. We'll talk to you soon. All right, there you have it. Hey, I want to thank everyone for watching once again. I want to thank everyone for being there. I want to thank everyone for being there since day one, for telling your friends about it. The Sick Podcast, it's Rome wasn't built in a day, folks, but what I can tell you is we are growing slowly but surely. We see it. We see it in the numbers. We see it in, in the data that we have available to us. We see it in the charts, and uh, we thank you very much. Uh, we want to be the Montreal Canadiens podcast of choice. I think for the most part, we are. Uh, and uh, even though, you know what, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's plenty of fans out there and for plenty of podcasts, uh, you know, uh, we'd love to have as many of you as possible. Put it that way. So thank you very much. If you like the podcast, like it, share it with your friends, comment sick, leave us a five-star review on Apple. It's our way of feeling the love. We want to thank our sponsors and our partners. Energy Transportation Group is one. La Bitta TB is the other. Playground is the other. And Accent Insurance Solutions. Thank you very much for all the support. Um, every day, a little bit at a time, one step at a time, we're getting there. Special thanks to Simon the Snake Boisvert for his collaboration tonight. And once again, it's going to be the Montreal Canadiens and the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday night. It's going to be uh, a very difficult couple of weeks here for the Montreal Canadiens. I think it's safe to say. But then again, you know what? They're one of those teams that end up losing to the, uh, the worst teams and sometimes ends up beating the best teams. But the next week in particular, the Canadiens have the Oilers and Avalanche at home. And then they have the Devils and the Senators on the road in a back-to-back situation. For Agnello, Sammy and Juliana, Master Control, their Cavallaro live from Portugal. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. La Vida TV, embrace your true nature, and Playground, your premier gaming destination.